Join us now on MMA FanCast. We are going to jump over UFC 210. That'll be next week. We skip over that. We are talking about UFC 211. It is a stacked card, a must-see card. We're going to talk about all of those fights. We're going to talk about UFC 212, Jose Aldo, Max Holloway. We're going to dig into Rampage Jackson saying he regrets coming into MMA. All kind of good stuff. We're going to talk about McGregor and Mayweather, as well as a fan cast fight pass flashback. Congo versus Barry. Comeback of the century. Join us right now on MMA FanCast. Episode 24 of MMA FanCast. It was a weekend without UFC, and it was a weekend where guys who spend a lot of time watching UFC either watch something else or they made their spouses happy by being productive. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to MMA FanCast. I am your host, Ryan Middleton, and I am joined by... A group of charismatic elderly men. Very much elderly men. There is no baby this time. There's only the elderly. No. See, I I don't even remember Dan Altieri's alter ego. I can't. What is his? No, no Terry Dactyl today. I I just haven't seen him in so long. You know, it's it's. It's hard to remember his uh, his alter ego. No Terry Dactyl this week, but who we do have, we have the man, the legend, Jim Sahara Mooney. What's up? What's up? What's up? It is so nice to have this ancient and um, but just a beloved, beloved it's old, true. It's, old guy it's true. here yep. with us. And he hasn't flexed yet for the for the in-house audience. However, our video's down. That's why there are plenty. No I'm I'm certain of it. There are plenty of of there's plenty of flexing to come. There there it is. There, it, there is. it is. And so we are also joined by someone who you guys have kind of gotten to know the last couple weeks. A little, you know, took him a little little while to get on board with the MMA fan cast and guess what he now can't get enough we reeled him in and ladies and gentlemen Johnny Stats hello and good day hello and good day it is so we're we're Obviously, recording. If you've listened to us for any bit of time, we we record our podcast from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're all from this area, and ladies and gentlemen, we had a beautiful weekend here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. No, it wasn't because Terry Dactyl wasn't around. Well, that's got something to do with it. Maybe mm-hmm. I was more referring to the amazing weather outside. Beautiful weather. We got like another week of this coming. Do we? Mm-hmm. I, I'll take, I'll take it. 
I'm in. We've seen, you know, double digit degrees starting with a seven. That's not very common here in Pittsburgh in March. No, no, our uh, spring, it's like, um, it doesn't exist. It's here for like a day. And then it either reverts back to winter and then immediately jumps into summer. So were you guys able, I mean, we got the NCAA tournament going on. There's no UFC this weekend. Where'd you fall? Did you get it? Did you get in the lines of being productive and getting things done that you haven't been able to get done? Or did you fall in the lines of, you know, watching the NCAA tournament and not being productive? I used to be a huge uh, March Madness guy. I past couple years I've I've lost interest in it. I mean I still check in on it and root for the underdog the first Do you fill out a bracket? No, I don't even do that anymore. It's stats. You fill out a bracket? I I wasn't going to this year but then got some brackets sent to me from friends so I filled one out at the last minute. I I did not fill out a bracket this year. We had one at the office and um I've just no, I didn't. I don't know. So I got I got to spend a lot of time. It's always good to spend time with your in laws. Really? Yeah. It's always good, no matter who you are, or is it good for you to spend time with your in laws? What's well, good for them to get to, to be spend time with me. you? Yes. Their lives must awesome be horrible. Guy. Their lives must be. Know, they, they're, they're okay. They got a couple hundred acres sitting on top of uh, oil and mm. gas. and It's a good way to so. go. Yeah, well, that is a good way. Yeah, I think you're making that up, though. No. Oh, uh, really? Well, someday you'll have someday, lots of... Someday, yeah. Yeah. So there was not MMA this weekend. However, looking ahead... so. We have in just a few short weeks. Still a lot of things happening in the MMA world, though. Yeah, we have UFC 210. And next week, uh, that's going to be the show. We're going to really focus on what's happening with UFC 10 and preview that card. Um, it's a card that's fair, pretty close to us. It's only four hours away. However, um, we, we aren't able to go to that because I will be out of town. And so... Um, Unfortunate timing for MMA Famcast. However, um, you know we're looking forward to some cards down the road. Oh, and by the way, we 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 went to a uh, local MMA, a regional MMA show in Ohio just a couple months ago, and uh, Miles Robinson was on that card, and he fought last night. And unfortunately, he got his he got a, he, he he took an L. Jamar Moore. Jam- uh, no. yeah. Jamar what's his last name Jamar Moore right Yeah. Jamar Moore fought Same on Friday also. night and also yeah. lost as well so our two um, Ohio you know favorites um, got some losses those those guys are still amateurs and that's where you, you can learn the most and, and before you make your pro debut get some Get some losses, fight some, you know, different guys with different skill sets, and and really round out your game before you 
turn pro. So hopefully those guys are well on their way to turning pro and took those losses um, with a grain of salt and said, hey, you know, I can learn a lot from these losses. And uh, so we wish them the best of luck. Been following them um, ever since we got to meet them and hang out with them. And so it's nice to uh, see them active again. But we'll hopefully get on the winning, winning side of things very soon. So looking ahead um, to pay-per-view cards, I'm looking at this UFC 211 card. And I got to tell you, this... Now, so we write our show notes down and, you know, I'm putting together... I hadn't really looked at this card top to bottom. This is an amazing card. What a great card. What are you... Two championship fights. Two championship fights. A bunch of... And then four top ten clashes. Correct. This is an unbelievable card. You have Stipe defending the heavyweight belt <coughs> against JDS in the main event. You have Joanna versus Jessica Andrade, who I'm not going to... judge or check. Did I say that right? JJ. Well, let's just it call works. her JJ. Well, because people don't know who she is. Damian Maya and... and Masvidal, we got Eddie Alvarez and Poirier, Sergio Pettis and Conjado. That's that's awesome. And keep going. That your and Frankie Edgar and your Rodriguez. You messed up his name. Did you say that right, Frankie? Frankie. Yes, it's Frankie. <laughs> Frankie. <laughs> so I am. This is a card that, I mean, is flying under the radar, I think, so far. It is, and we usually have at least one of those every year. Because look what happened with 206. Well, 206 didn't have the star power. Different reasons. Yes. Why flew under the radar, but UFC knew that they had a gold mine right there, which is why they turned around... Um, for was it Christmas Eve? Yeah, that they rebroadcast two oh six. Well, the funny thing is, I was watching a Dana White interview from before two oh six, and he was talking about how this is an underrated card, and he specifically said talked about the the Ho Choi and um um. He's like my favorite guy now, too, and I can't remember his name. Cub Swanson. He specifically said, this fight is going to be unbelievable. And guess what? (laughs) It was the fight of the year. It was. Fight of the year. And so, looking forward to that. You know, Stipe defending his belt. We got to see his last defense in person. Um, Johnny Stats wasn't there, but... um, He was there in spirit. Was he? Yeah, we I were. Was. Yeah, I was. I was there in spirit. But it would be nice to, uh, you know, Dallas, Texas, amazing card they put together for this. Um, it would be nice to see Steep A and JDS. We, we we met JDS as well. In, 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 he in was Cleveland. Yeah. 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 Can we just say his name? Junior Dos Santos. For the unknowing abbreviation, folks. Uh, well, so, so you knew who we were talking about. 
After I looked them up. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You're like, like dear Google, G-D-S. who is JDS? No, I, I just looked at the card. I didn't, you know, I didn't go so to So you Google. didn't know who JDS was? I just, it took me a minute. Yeah, I had to, that's I had a, to that, check. That's a pretty common um, nickname. Well, I don't know. It's nickname or nickname. Yeah, whatever. But, but right. It's pretty common. It's not like... Um, you know, just putting someone else's initials like he's pretty. Yeah. Uh, Joanna gets a chance to uh, defend her belt again against another person we met at UFC 203 in Cleveland, Jessica Andrade. Jessica, yep. And this might be where where she loses the belt. I think beginning of the year we talked about. Um, if we, you know, talked about the champs and if they will continue their reign holding the belt or if there's going to be a new one. And I remember talking about, uh, Joanna and saying that I thought the next champ or the champ at the end of the year would be, I forget how we put it. I think I picked, uh, Gadela, Claudia Gadela. So this might be where the belt changes hands. And then eventually she gets the matchup with Claudia Gadea, which would be Jessica Andrade and Claudia. So it's Andrade? Yeah. So, yeah, I messed that one up, too. Why? Well, I didn't even pick that up. Would you? Andrade. You're keeping your streak alive, though. I'm pretty good at butchering people's names. What? I think her, her nickname, re- isn't it Jessica the Karate Hottie Andrade? No, so that was, I thought that was Waterson. Yeah, I don't know. You guys, you guys watch more than you read, and I read more than I watch. So I I read a lot about it, and I just make up their own. Like I just don't. Right. right. You just know what I mean? I just yeah. Just go with it. Joanna Judge Check. Mm. Sounds good to me. I actually think I'm pronouncing that right. You might Judge Check. That's how we say it, but I think um, you always like whatever they, Joe Rogan says else. is right. Joe Rogan, he's the litmus test for all things. He's he, the one who said that Rousey could beat almost any guy in her weight division. <laughs> yeah, and she said that she would beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match with her eyes closed. What happened to and, that talk? That disappeared. Well, I actually, he's 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 confessed <clears throat> to his sins, which is good. Well, Admit to your wrongdoings and and move on to more root wrongdoings. Yeah, to new ones. Um, a lot of a lot of intrigue with this card. Eddie Alvarez making his making his return after. Interested um, to see that. Yeah, two hundred five. Another card that. MMA FanCast was live and in person, Octagon247.com. By the way, you have the opportunity, and we'll talk about this later on in the show, to log into Octagon247.com and sign up for Fight Pass. You'll get a free week, and you will uh, uh, be able to join us for our Fight Cast. Fan cast fight, fight pass, pass flashback. flashback. In stereo, where available. 
It was um, good. It was good. Yeah. And I, that's like the biggest tongue twister. Uh, John, when we recorded the last podcast, I, I we record the podcast, and then after we're done, we record. I record the intro where I'm overviewing what we're going to talk about. And, and so I will literally just take a look at the notes and and just just do it from that. I won't have anything written additional. So I'm doing that and I had to do like 20 takes because every time I got the uh fan cast fight pass flashback, I just butchered it really bad. John thought it was the funniest thing ever. It was pretty funny. Johnny Stats. It's like 2 in the morning. Yeah, it was late too. Yeah, that was a we were having all, I was having all kind of technical issues with just like t- getting started with this podcast. We got uh, started a, an hour later than we wanted to due to some technical difficulties, microphone management. So anyway, um, Eddie Alvarez is making his return. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are that I think Alvarez got exposed. That he was kind of uh, puffed up by the UFC, I guess you could say. You know, while he's had a long uh, run in MMA, I, I don't know that he was... To, to me, I looked at him and saw somebody who was... Not as good as his record indicated, and what you know, what I saw with with him in in that fight was not a lot of head movement, which is odd because you always see him um, pre-fight before it even starts, and he's got that like neck motion where he's turning around. And he had neck motion, he like had, snap back yeah, neck motion. That's it. But I. I wasn't impressed with him at all. I mean, for obvious reasons, but... Would you say... Would it be fair to say that you might say to him, I was not impressed by your performance? I was not impressed by your performance. But, so... And, you know, Poirier is, is a guy that... I'm not a big fan of either. But I... I don't know. Alvarez, I think, was built up by the UFC for the uh, McGregor fight and I think McGregor and all the hype around him and everything that he had to say before that plus you know trying to win two belts really drew a lot of attention to it but I'm just I'm not in Eddie's corner so I, I think, think you're I think you're selling Eddie pretty short I mean the guy is real good and he always has been real good Let's 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 take a look. I'm I'm pulling up his his How do you pronounce his name again? Poirier. 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 Okay, so the guy is has a list of pretty impressive victories. So he's beaten guys Rafael Dos Anjos for the championship, Anthony Pettis, Gilbert. Okay, so oh, all right, so let's let's go back to uh Faldia, okay. 
which is what we call him on MMA FanCast. Um, I mean, you call him that. I call him Rafael Dos Anjos. Okay. RDA has not looked good in uh, in some of his most recent fights. He was the champion at the time. Okay. Look what... He was the champion. I, I don't care. Before that, he was unbeatable. He beat Donald Cerrone. He beat Anthony Pettis. He beat Nate Diaz. He beat Benson Henderson. He beat... I mean, he was... Sure. I'm not taking anything away from him. But I think he got to... You know, and I could be wrong on this. This is just my opinion. But I think he hit the fighter's wall. And he's he got... he maxed out his talent capacity. Look at Ferguson. Ferguson just trucked right through him. Well, see, he was taking some solid shots. But you act like Ferguson is some chump. No, no. I don't... I, okay, well, then, not a chump. Well, then it's a legit loss, just like Eddie Alvarez but I'm, is I'm just saying, loss. you know, that I, I think there is a real thing as hitting your wall, you've maxed out, you've, you know, peaked... And everything from that point on is is downhill. And I think he's on the down downside. Well, I think he might be on the downside, but I don't think that he's not performing at a level that's still among the elite. Okay, so... Even in the UFC. Then you go to Pettis. So you could, you could take a look at... Conor McGregor's record and do the same thing. I agree. And I agree. One hundred percent. Fighter. One hundred percent. I agree with you. Go ahead. Because no one's undefeated. So, if you want to like <coughs> discredit guys based on they lost to guys that have lost bad fights, like you could do that with every single fighter, and no one would be any good. Well, we'll get to this later on. Something I want to talk about do with you- with Conor. Do you um, think you would beat Eddie Alvarez? I think it's possible, yes. Yeah, you think so. <laughs> the funny thing is, I believe that you think that. I think it's possible, yeah. Yeah. Anything is possible. There you go. Anything can happen in MMA. He he could hurt his hands hitting you. And you then what know. happens? You never know. Then he just taps. Yeah. With the same hand and breaks it more. Yeah. And then you rip his arm off and start beating him with the same hand. I have envisioned that. Well, that's that's kind of weird that you've envisioned that. Yeah. Interesting. So, Um, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from Alvarez. I just think that... Oh, but um, but you are. I mean... Well, okay, that's true. You are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what about Poirier? Somebody I'm not a fan of Why? either. Why? I he he looks too much like Justin Timberlake, and I don't think Timberlake would be a very good MMA fighter. So I just think that that's one of the reasons why I don't like him. See, I I take a look at who he's lost to, and they're all elite or very close to elite level guys. You're talking about Poirier? Yeah. Yeah. And he he's a he's a banger. He'll go out there and throw fists. He'll go out there and you know performance of the night. He'll. I I think I like him a lot. But do you think he looks like Justin Timberlake? 
I like Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I know. I I hadn't really thought of him as an MMA fighter, but I'll have to. Justin, I mean, he'd have good footwork. Yeah, he, he would. would. That's true. He would. You know what? You got something there. So, mm-hmm. and he's, he's you know, like he lanky. Can, he can tell a joke. You know, he might be able to disarm his opponents he's, he's with a rangy. joke. He's rangy. What, you know? what yeah. weight class do you think he would make? I mean, let's say he's going to cut a little bit. He does, yeah. He would have to cut some, yeah. yeah. I'd, he would have to, he, he's got to be featherweight. You th- so, I, he may even have to put on something to get to featherweight. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so, Bieber versus Timberlake. Oh, because Bieber go has Bieber has some tattoos, and he and he and he shows, acts tough. That shows a tolerance for pain. So you know, yeah, that's <laughs> true. He might he might like that's two in a row for you. Would this be on the Mayweather McGregor undercard? It might be on the undercard. I would love. They used to have those celebrity boxing matches. <laughs> that would have been a good no. one to see. Well, they didn't have those. We're talking A list celebrities. They had like. Well, D-list celebrities. The was ones that like who Super were... Bowl halftime show stuff? I don't even remember when that was. Was that was that those were animated, weren't they? <laughs> MTV did a whole lot of the animated yeah, they, ones. Well, they had, I can't even remember. But they were, were there the actual real celebrities fighting? Yeah, because I, rem- I yeah there were. Like who? Um, you know, I'll look it up for you. I'll have it for you in about. I, I know Screech. Seconds. I know Screech, Screech did have one, a fight. Yeah. Screech from Saved by yeah. the Bell. Yeah, I know who Screech I could, is. I can't think of his real name. Although you were probably too old to be watching Saved by the Bell. No, yeah, true. Both of you were yeah. probably too old to be watching Saved by the Bell. We watch. We watch the show with real? their parents. I'll be fifty this this fall. Okay, I'll be I'll be forty. You'll finally be a man. I'll finally be a man. The the famous quote from what what college football coach was that? I can't even think of his name. Was it Tennessee? No, it was Oklahoma State. He's still there, I think. No, he's not at Oklahoma State. I don't know. I can't remember if he's still at Oklahoma State. I said, "Don't pick on the kid." He's talking about he's like protecting his quarterback. He's like, "These are kids." He's talking about like criticize criticize a, a man. Do that to me. I'm up 40. I'm a man. So that's our. Uh, ever since then, we've defined manhood as being. John, how old are you? I'm a man. How old are you? 46. Why did I see you, you were 49? I have no idea. And born in 68. No. 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 So, yeah, they have. In the, in the database. Here, they have you listed as a February 29th birthday as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that would mean I'd only be like 15. Five. Well, no, the scary part is it had you listed as 49 years old, so that would actually make you like 200. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're 200. Wow. No wonder why your beard's so gray should, and long. I should, <laughs> I should get my AARP card. Actually, yeah. should, like, there should be a whole other level. So That is impressive. The UFC 211 card, which, which I think is amazing. Another fight that's on there is Frankie Edgar and 
Yar Rodriguez, and I, I I'm really intrigued by that fight because Rodriguez looked really good against BJ Penn. He looked, and now it's hard to judge with how good is BJ Penn at this point, but he just looked really not, he looked yeah. really good. But no, no there is something to that though, because if you equate it to what you say at the NFL. The good teams should never look bad against the bad teams. They should throttle them. If you're a truly elite team, you know, a uh But that Super doesn't Bowl mean just because you throttle someone doesn't make you an elite team. That's the... Well, no, but I'm saying consistently you should be able to handle those teams. And in MMA, if you're an elite fighter... Well, that's what I'm saying. Just because... You throttle BJ Penn or the weaker teams. That doesn't make you the elite fighter or the elite team. Right, right. It only that's only time will only time will tell. And, and the the knock on Rodriguez is he hasn't exactly been the most consistent guy, but he looked really good against BJ Penn. Unfortunately, he looked really good against BJ Penn because I wanted BJ Penn to to you know come out on top just you know it's For I didn't even sake. honestly I didn't even care if he won or lost I didn't want to see him get yeah, beaten like was, he did it was ugly I don't like seeing legends get beat even legends that I don't get beaten I don't really mind if they win or lose I don't like seeing them get beaten unless they're Tito Ortiz I could watch him get beat up all day. seven days a week <clears throat> Speaking of Tito Ortiz, didn't he just um, have a knock on someone? Who was it? Maybe I'm, I'm recalling this wrong. Um, but about this fighter, who was it? Chael fighting, fighting uh CM Punk. Oh, well, that wasn't Tito. That was who called out CM. That was Michael Bisbing ragging on Vitor Belfort. Belfort, that's right. Okay. Yeah, and what, we can talk about that. Um, never. Um, so, so UFC two eleven is an exciting card and one that I'm very much looking forward to. That is May eleventh in Dallas, Texas. Uh, definitely a card you want to see in person if you have the chance the next pay-per-view card is june 3rd and it's in rio de janeiro brazil and there's the the main event and the co-main event that i kind of wanted to talk about you have jose aldo jose aldo as he likes to and hey i butchered his name and i corrected myself butchering his name against max holloway so I'm excited for that big time. And Kelvin Gastelum squaring off against Anderson the Spider Silva in a fight that he was said I had no expectation of actually getting that fight. And I'm so glad I said it because I'm fighting Mike Tyson. I'm fighting the greatest of all time. I'm fighting a legend that I grew up 
admiring and what an opportunity that is for him to really showcase his his talent and his skills and I think a very winnable fight for him as well. I I'm not sure he wants to win another fight like that in Brazil for his own safety and well-being <laughs> trying to get out of Brazil. That victory over Vitor Belfort um this would be a different I mean, there's a different level of being beloved in Brazil with Anderson Silva as opposed to Vitor Belfort. But both have been caught cheating, I might add, on on drugs. Jose Aldo and Max Holloway for the vacant... And I'm saying it's vacant because it is the vacant uh, feather no featherweight 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 title that um, Conor McGregor vacated because he did not lose it. So this will be for the vacant championship. Although Jose Aldo will walk to the octagon as the paper champion. Let me ask you guys this. Who walks out of the octagon on June 3rd in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, as the featherweight champion? I'm going with Holloway. I think so, too. I Holloway's looked good, and I, I mean, I just think, I, I don't know. I think he's going to come so take away, and win it. Take away 13 seconds. Of a fight against Conor McGregor. Take that away and tell me why Aldo would lose. No, I'm not saying I have a reason for it. I just, I mean, I just, the way Holloway's looked his last couple fights, I I just think he's on a roll. Jose Aldo has made a career off of beating that guy. Of being that guy's first loss in a long time. Of... The guys working their way up, finally get the title shot, and him smacking them back down. Take away the 13 seconds against McGregor, and why why, why does Holloway win? It's, what does he have that guys that Aldo smacked back down, That what does he have that they don't? Good question. I you know they are it's I think it's an evenly matched fight, uh, but I'm giving the edge to Holloway just because he's been on that roll, and I think he sees what's going on with McGregor, and he wants to be McGregor and try and eventually avenge that loss, which is his last loss. I just think that he is on that roll right now that everything's lining up to play out for a victory for him. But once they get in the ring, you know, one miscue in a fight, you know, with uh, two elite athletes is all, you know, sometimes. Yeah, obviously, either one of these guys can walk away the champ. I'm going to also take... Max Holloway, but I'm going to have a good reason why. Here's my reason. Jose Aldo had a mystique. He had a 
a he was on a pedestal and not only did other people view him on that pedestal he also viewed himself on that pedestal he did not doubt himself he knew he was going to win each of the fights he w- went into and that was uh, a huge thing for him that being said he has doubt now he has he's got he's felt the power of a McGregor punch and he knows he can get knocked out he knows it can be a flash knockout he knows that he's capable of losing now and so do his opponents so that mystique is a big deal take a look at Mike Tyson when Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson people started realizing I actually have a chance against this guy it's been a long time since people truly felt they had a chance against Jose Aldo. And I think when you got a guy that's as confident and as talented as Max Holloway, they're even they're 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 you know on the same level of eliteness. And I just think it's Holloway's time. He's he's so hungry. Um and he's not gonna come in intimidated by Jose Aldo. That's my reason. All very good, good reasons. Yeah, I usually do have good reasons. I might not say their name right, but reasoning is solid. Reasoning solid. So, how about um, did either? I saw this article. Was it an article? No, it was an interview with Rampage just the other day. And he's talking, and they're like, it was an ESPN interview. And they're talking, and he says, so what's your biggest regret? And this is like near the end of the interview, I think. I only saw, it seemed like the interview had been going on. I only saw the clip of him of him answering this question. And it, it appeared to me like they were wrapping up the interview, and this was the final kind of question. He said, what, what, do, you, what do you most regret in your career? And Rampage says, "I my biggest regret is even coming into this sport. And the guy on ESPN was, like, kind of in shock. Like, what do you mean? Like, you, you just told us how you chased a dream and, like, you accomplished your dream and you were at the top of the sport. And, and Rampage says, you know, I made a lot of money. I got a lot of fans. I had a lot of good times. And... He said, but I'm, I've am i grown away from my family. I miss my, my parents. I miss my cousins. I miss all my, you know, my home, my home, my family. He says, yeah, I got a new, I got a family with my kids and stuff, but I've been living in LA now for 10 years or, he, or even longer. I don't know exactly what he said. He said, I'm from Memphis and I, I, I've grown apart from everyone and I miss that. And man, when he first said that, I was like, you an ungrateful person. Oh, like, you made a lot of money. You were the. And then when he said about his family, I'm like, that was heart wrenching. Yeah. Yeah, he talked about um, his sister was eight years old. Yeah, when, when he, he left. left. It's, and, and he yeah, doesn't it's, know her now. Right. 
and that that eats him up inside. But he still hasn't moved back, so it can't really eat him up inside too much. Well, I think, I think it's past the point now where he, if he could, ha- if he could do it all again, he he wouldn't he wouldn't give up his family. And I think he feels like there, it's he has a new family with a new life, and like he misses them, and he wish he wouldn't have done that. That was that was really. You don't think about those things. Well, immediately after I was finished reading that, I, I, my first thought was, what, what was the, the moment that this really sunk in for him, and it, it has to be something recent that happened. I can't, you know, think of anything that might have happened that we would know publicly, but I wonder why. He came out with that, and then to, to what you said, John. Why is he not trying to make amends and go back and, you know, patch together the holes that he feels like he created in his life? Yeah, I mean it's understandable to, to you know, because no matter what, there's always no place like home because of the family and you know the friends you grew up with and stuff like that and we're moving back it could be tough to reestablish those and you're a different person and it it is it was weird to hear and and you know not knowing him at all it's tough to understand if there was a particular event that happened or something that that really made him feel that way or what but yeah it was I mean, it is a tough comment to hear somebody that's gone through, going through that and that, you know, misses home. Yeah. Years in the spotlight. And to me, that was a perfect example of what stardom and fame takes away. That it's either you are all into it or you want no parts of it because you know what it's going to do to your personal life. And, you know, for the person that's making that choice, I don't envy them. I know what I would choose every single time, but it's, it's sad to hear that somebody has gone through that life for so many years and now is speaking about the regrets that he had and what propelled him into the spotlight is one thing that he regrets. Moving on, we got some good good news I saw this week that made me very happy. And that was Johnny Hendricks saying that, yes, he was going to stay at middleweight. He wasn't venturing, uh, trying to venture back down to uh, welterweight. And we've, we've been very critical of Johnny Hendricks at times on this program only because we, I think, I, it's because I like him, and he's disappointed me by looking like John Shell more and more each time. John, I'm sorry, Johnny Stats. Johnny Stats. Um, it's a tough look to pull off. Yeah, well. Somebody's got to do it. Really? Why? That That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I'm 
thrilled to hear that he will not be trying to work his way back into the welterweight division. He's where he belongs. And if he's going to make a... He wasn't making weight, so if he's going to make an impact on a division, it's going to have to be a middleweight. And he's looked really good there, so that's great news. Um, any thoughts on that, guys? I think it just shows how tough it is for some of these guys to make the cuts that they do. I mean... Yeah. And he's he, a lifelong wrestler. And he, But he talks about, what, walking around at 205 or something? Yeah. And then... So he's still dropping 20 pounds to, you know... I'd be surprised fight. if... If he was walking around at 205, I'm thinking he's going heavier than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's diesel all the way. Yeah. When he's not in fighting shape, he's he's, he's in shape. It's not. It's, it's, it's a different round. shape. It's, it's, a it's shape. more like the MMA fan cast. Yeah. Shape. shape. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um,. Also, you know, I kind of partially expected there to be, um, well, not expected, but I thought there might be some advancement in news regarding McGregor and Mayweather. And I just don't know if, I don't know. Is this, I mean, they're talking September, which is, gives time for it to come together. I think they would only need like three months. But what do you got? I mean... I. The problem is. Do you hear what, Bob, Bob Arum came out speaking against UFC? Says UFC wants fifty percent of Conor McGregor's money. Meanwhile, what's he taking? That was a nice audio clip that you inserted right there. Yeah, that's his <laughs> voice. That's Bob Arum's voice. Oh, A Rum, Bob A Rum, A Rum. I. Again, like I, I, I almost won't believe that the fight is going to happen until it's set up and they're like a week out from the fight. You think it's? I think even a week out from the fight, I think it's only like sixty-five percent. I'm with you. I'm with you on on that. Well, Jim, you weren't here when, or Sahara, you weren't here when we talked about that fight and really talked about our thoughts on it. What are your thoughts on the fight? Let's assume it goes through, they get into the boxing ring, and ding, ding, ding. What do you expect to happen? I think that uh, I think it'll be a Mayweather victory, but but the typical Mayweather victory. He just stays on the outside. Connor's going to connect. He's going to hit him solid one t- at least one time. And this is if the fight happens, and... When that happens, Mayweather's not going to do take any chances of finishing forty nine and one. There's just no way that he's going to do anything to tarnish that record. He stands so much to lose by taking the fight and by putting himself in harm's way and the possibility of McGregor knocking him out, which is totally possible. The guy's got unbelievable power. He's not going to let that happen. He's a smart enough boxer. He's been doing it successfully for 49 consecutive matches where he's made sure that he has done enough to get the victory. Super, super quick hands. He's lightning quick on his feet. I mean, he's 
he's definitely one of the greatest boxers, period, but for different reasons. He's not this guy that has unbelievable knockout power, and you go and watch his fights because, you know, by round three, four, he's just dominated his opponent and then hits him with the big knockout shot. He's not that type of fighter, and I think he's just going to dance his way to a victory. Do you think that McGregor truly believes that this is a fight he's going to win? Yeah. I believe that McGregor feels in his heart that he can definitely win this. And it's just a matter of... No, not can. Will. There's a difference. Yes, yeah. I believe that... My opinion is that he believes he will win. Yeah, because he says that uh, timing beats power, and he. This is what he talked about after the Aldo fight: timing beats power, and precision beats speed. So he takes that into every fight, and if he continues to believe that, which I have no reason to doubt that he, you know, has has lost that, but he believes that at some point his timing and his knack for precision will connect and be the difference maker in that fight. And as far as um, outworking him, Connor's not, you know, this guy that is, you know, somebody who gets in there and throws a lot. He throws calculated and he's not, I wasn't precise with my, with my punches. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to. I don't. Think no, that was that was good. That was a good. That was another audio clip, right? Yeah, that was. That was good. I actually, liked it. Actually, I, I pressed the button on the computer, and the nice. audio clip just started playing. Yeah, we even for those of you out there listening, the soundboard. We, we have a new soundboard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and the studio is hot again. It is. It just, just it's just started to escalate. I, I'm I'm feeling a little hot here in the studio of Octagon Twenty Four Seven. Okay, so. Since we're talking about McGregor, I was wondering if we could segue into sticking with McGregor and talking about what's going on in his world. And I want to reference Ronda Rousey for just a minute and talk about how she was really hyped up with, you know, good reason. She came along at the right time in her division and just trucked through, I think that's the word of the podcast. Trucked. Truck. Yes. Did we use that? Uh, I have used it a couple so times. So it's the word of, of you. Episode 24, the official word. No, it's, it's the official, it's the official no, it it word is. of Sahara. The official word is trucked. Okay. Let's just go with it. We talked about diesel, most diesels. Should I use most that? Most trucks are diesel. Should I use that as the focus keyword? Let's do it, yeah. No. See what we can, we need, let's tr- bring in the truckers. Yeah, no. They're probably, they're on the road. This yeah. is the they perfect podcast the news, yeah. to listen to for them. It is, it's the trucker cast. It's the trucker cast. Yeah. The like MMA it. Trucker Cast, yes, brought yes. to you by Octagon Twenty Four Seven Dot Truck. Dot Truck. There might be a website like that. Is there a Dot Truck? No. There could be. 
I'll bet you it's coming. <laughs> so, no. okay, so Ronda Rousey. I think she had eventually succumbed to her own fame and misfortunes, and it was her downfall. The fame got to her. She focused too much on what was going on outside of the USC world and got away from her judo and jujitsu and the dedication in inside the octagon and it caught up to her and I'm wondering if that is what's going to happen to Connor um, he came back focused against uh, Diaz for the second fight but still had to go five rounds you know it took a toll on him I think physically he was exhausted after that fight first time he'd ever gone that length and now he's got this deal with some um, sports car manufacturer they're bringing into Ireland and he's part of that that group Um, he's got the boxing match potentially coming up um, there's just there's a lot of stuff going on with him, and I wonder how much focus he's losing on MMA because of all of it. Do you want me to answer that? I would like for either one of you to answer, yeah. I, so you're comparing apples to oranges. Well, no, no, I'm not, okay. I'm not making a comparison. I'm just saying we saw what you happened. You are. With, no. You're comparing. I'm asking, is... Is that something that could happen to Connor? So, so you're talking about Rousey, who was instead of learning the art of mixed martial arts or any combat sports things, she was doing movies where she's acting, mm-hmm. which has no correlation to combat sports. Whereas Connor McGregor, you're talking about boxing which will improve his mixed martial arts if he becomes a, a, a an improved boxer that will help him in the octagon well, I'm not saying it won't I'm, t- I'm just talking about everything that goes with the hype around this boxing I match think there's and- two totally different things and here's why Ronda Rousey was exposed for not being a well-rounded fighter and was for not being um, a complete fighter and she always was that fighter. She just wasn't exposed. I think... Now, Ronda Rousey's as good as it comes at what she does. And when she can dictate that fight... She's going to win all those fights. When she can't dictate that fight, she's going to lose. And Conor McGregor is a different is a different animal. He is a well-rounded mixed martial artist. He got tapped by one of the best jiu-jitsu guys in the game and who happens to be one of the best boxers and a guy that's significantly bigger no, than him. McGregor is... He's definitely well-rounded in many forms. I think he's a brown belt. I think just recently he got a brown belt, his brown belt in... Yeah, but that was from the um, Wheaties box. No, his... 
his coach I'm, is. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just. But kidding. so I, I'm I'm just wondering. John Shell got his brown belt from the same jujitsu coach. Nice, nice. Yeah, congratulations. He, I stole it. <laughs> You're a thief. But you, you still know. have it, though. Oh, I know. It's it's yeah, yours. It's mine. Nobody can take it away from you. Well, they probably could. They say, you know, I wouldn't put up too much of a fight for it since, you know. If there's a warrant you know issue. That I understand. Too. Have you guys heard anything about, um, have you guys heard anything about uh, Habib? They're Mega Madoff? No. I mean, uh, the only thing I've heard is Tony Ferguson on, I think it was Ariel Hawani's podcast, saying that he he might be retiring. He Like, he's getting word that it could be retirement. It could, who, who knows? Um, but he's also, I also heard Mega Madoff has a open workout or something in Russia. Which I don't know why he would have an open workout, but I think he has an open workout in April or something. I don't know. Which leads to my next question. Let's say McGregor in Mayweather falls apart. Who is McGregor's next fight in the octagon? Is it Ferguson? What would he take? Is that a fight he wants? I don't know. And that's part of the problem with the whole Mayweather thing is McGregor can't fight until they figure that out. And then what happens if McGregor wins that match? Yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't matter. (coughs) If McGregor beats, that just builds up his, like, following. Like, that's great for him. It truly is. If he loses, he doesn't lose much. But he doesn't gain this big following, and he wins a bu- and he gets a bunch of money. The UFC has something to lose, and that's letting Even one of their best the main card. their their best draw fight for someone else, and not be available to you for correct. You know, a year. How you know? Well, he's just taking time off anyway. No, he was right, but. Was he? You know? No, he was. No, no, I'm saying he really was. It's. It, he said that his girlfriend gets super stressed out when he fights, and he's preparing for a fight. She's very stressed out, and he didn't want that stress to while she was pregnant. And I believe it. I don't think that's. I think he's. Uh, that's a respectable thing. Um. Next week, we have a special guest, and I want to kind of talk to, talk about him so to prepare our audience. He is a guy who is very controversial, one of the uh, more controversial um, guys in collegiate wrestling. Well, he was in collegiate wrestling. Um, graduated, I think, in 2013... Um, or 14 and he's uh, his name is James Fleming he's from the Pittsburgh area he's from West Mifflin and he's been he's a two time NCAA 
Division I All-American, both in 2012 and 2013. He had a collegiate record of 126-21 wrestling at Clarion. Clarion. And uh, just an absolute beast. He actually had a rule made for him because of a move that he did that outlawed this move. Very controversial move. It was it, at first it was mistaken as a choke, and a lot of people thought it was a choke, and it was legal, and and it was very controversial. And he's developed um, some very unique wrestling moves of his own. Um, fought in MMA, and and is still intending on fighting in MMA. But he has to get uh, to a good place to do that. James Fleming will be with us, and we're going to talk with him about, you know, his background and this the 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 neck crank or whatever you want to call it that was illegal. It is now illegal in collegiate wrestling. What's the word we used pre-podcast before we actually started taping? I think we should go with that word. What word? Oh, Ill- illegalized? It was illegalized, yeah. It was illegalized. Uh-huh. Well, that was on the podcast, And then wasn't it? I questioned that word. I don't think it was. And John said no. He used it right. in a sentence. So, so you sentenceized the Sentenceized. Yes. Yeah. Which makes it a, a legit word. And, and I believe the hope next week is to have this now illegalized move displayed on Terry Dactyl. Yes. That is the plan that Terry Dactyl will be Testomy? Will be Flemingized. Yes. By James Snapper Fleming. You can Google him. Now, he's also going to tell us a story about his most recent MMA fight, which was his, uh, I don't know, he's fought a handful of uh, of amateur bouts and he fought a pro bout and this was in 2015 and he's going to tell us a story where do you guys hear this story this is a look into what really happens and what training MMA and living a life of a mixed martial artist is really all about these are the things you don't hear about and we're going to hear about this next week right here at MMA FanCast um, so we're excited to have uh, James Fleming here in the studio. And hopefully we can get the studio to not be 150 degrees and feel like he's cutting weight. Um, which has been a problem um, when it's warm outside, but it's not a problem when it's cold outside because for obvious reasons. So we're excited to have him. As a guest, as I try to turn down the heat in here, not going to work. It was already down as far as I can get it. Um, And lastly, we are going to have uh, announce our FanCast Fight Pass flashback. And I was able to say that on the first go this time, which is pretty much amazing. Um... And today's FanCast Fight Pass flashback is going to be a very, 
very special fight to me. This was my first UFC event that I attended, and it's one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the UFC. It came from UFC on Versus 4. It took place in June of 2011, and it was the first UFC event right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yes, it was Barry versus Congo. Pat Barry and Czech Congo. So what we're going to do is we want you to pause the podcast at this point. And what we're going to what we want you to do is to sign on to uh, log into Fight Pass. Now some of you are saying right now I don't have Fight Pass. And we have a solution for that. So what what you're going to do is you're going to go to your computer. You're going to go to www.octagon 247.com and you're going to get our web page. Right next to our logo, right at the top of the screen, is you'll see the Octagon logo, Octagon 24-7. And right next to that is a link to UFC Fight Pass. You click that link, you're going to get a free week of UFC Fight Pass. Sign up for that. Watch Congo versus Barry at UFC on versus four from June of 2011, and then unpause your podcast, and we're going to talk about that fight. So we're going to pause the podcast, and we're all going to watch Barry versus Congo at UFC on versus four. Well, we are back after watching UFC on versus four main event of the evening which was a replacement bout a replacement as the main event um, but that was a scheduled bout the whole time we saw Pat Barry in Czech Congo and I just want to John Johnny Stats this is the first time he ever saw the fight this is the first time I've watched that fight in years, and this is the first time Jim Mooney's watched that fight since it happened. I saw uh, once, uh, probably like when you and I really started getting into the UFC, like you know, together watching like three years ago. Okay, so that was a fight that I was sitting in the first row off the floor. Front and center, we were literally in the center of the octagon, on the, the as close as you can be without being on the floor, and uh, one row up. And actually, if you're ever getting seats to an MMA event, I would go for like the sixth row to tenth row. That's about the prime viewing area, uh, right in the middle. Unless, of course, you're in the first, second, or third row, or right along the uh, walkout area. I would Mm. love to sit on the walkout area. But outside of those areas, I'm saying if you're not in press row, that's the next best place is is literally right behind press row. Um, So I just want – I'm going to turn this over to you guys and let you guys talk about it, and then I'll add as needed. John, I looked over at you after – the fight happened, and your jaw was just wide open. It, I think I dislocated it. Yeah, it was an amazing fight. Um, 
just did not see that comeback coming. And and you knew we were talking about a great comeback, right? You didn't right. know who. I did right. I didn't know. I went into it not knowing, watching it, not knowing who won the fight. So I didn't know. And no, it didn't. It looked like the fight could have been stopped two or three times before it was stopped, and it was stopped quickly and convincingly. Yeah. Um, w- when you watch the fight, and they show the first time they show playback, is when you see the ref come in. Who was and, Dan Mergliata? Yeah. And it looks like he goes over Pat Barry. He's or no 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 Pat Barry at that point Pat Barry I think is against the fence, and Chet Congo is is on his knees, and I think he reaches in, and then like in a split second pulls back. He saw that Chet Congo was okay. defending himself. He was he was. Not defenseless. Did he get knocked down three times? Twice. Well, the, uh, he got knocked down definitely once, twice. I think there, it might have been three there times. There may have been a third one. The first one was off his uh, stance change. So, yes, when he when he switched stance and the commentators noted it and then he threw a big overhand left. Right, right, right. Yeah, he was caught it right? him. It he was caught right. him on uh, like his uh, Congo's left ear. Congo goes down. He goes to jump on him, and Congo kind of recovered quickly. Yeah, and he didn't really get yeah. anything on him. But when he when he was when they were both kind of getting up, he kind of was clubbing him there, and that might be the second one you're talking about. But he was never up again. But he but he had re, you know I mean he was on his way up, and he. Seemed to somewhat, yeah. But I was counting that as a second knockdown. Yeah. So if that's the case, then yes, he did get knocked down three times. If it, if you're counting it like a normal human being, then it's only two. <laughs> you can't knock a guy down that's already down. But he was coming back up. Yeah, I'm I'm on your side with with this. Thank man. you. Yeah. So oh, look at how they give a nice soft little high oh, five. Oh, we didn't want to make noise with it. It Aww, was a that was cute. Was like, you guys should hold hands now. You could like interlock your fingers when you did that. I that was like a golf clap high five. Yeah, yeah. very appropriate for in studio. Oh, it's appropriate. So w- let me just tell you what it's like. So this is the first event uh, in Pittsburgh for the UFC. It's a versus card. Uh, back then, um, that would be the equivalent of like a Fox Sports, yeah. not a one. I mean, it was the equivalent of it, but it's not really because it, it it's not in as many homes as Fox Sports 1 is now and those kind of things. But it's the equivalent of a Fox Sports 1 card. It was versus was the, the non-pay-per-view Event. So this was their fourth event. Um, it was not a sellout at, at Console Energy, uh, Console Arena, which is now PPG Paints Arena. Um, they us- they closed off the top portion. I think the announced attendance was about 8,000, 
which is normal for uh, this this size market for a for a um, fight night slash versus card, um, or at least at the time it was. So the main event was scheduled to be uh, Nate Marquardt versus Rick Story, and Marquardt failed a drug test for which led into the whole TRT um, controversy and Mm -hmm. which ended up, this was the starting point for TRT being banned, was Nate Marquardt failing his drug test, saying, I'm on testosterone replacement therapy and I should be exempt, and them saying, well, no, you shouldn't. You know, you need to have that cleared and all of that. So... Um, yeah, he had elevated testosterone levels. The main event gets, that gets bumped to the main event. Rick Story ends up fighting, um, Charlie Brenneman, who fought in the UFC. He was a, a guy from the, the area, uh, from like central PA. And he, he had the fight of his life and pulled off a huge hometown upset and I think it was the co-main event. It was. Um, and it was a huge upset. So the fans, so that kind of sets the stage. The fans just got their upset, their hometown boy. So the fans are, like, in a good mood, but, like, it was kind of like the, the main event had kind of happened, right? So Congo Berry's happening. And pretty uneventful at first. They're trading leg kicks. When Congo goes down, the place kind of lights up. People are on their feet. Everyone's watching from their feet as this series is, is taking place, which happens over the course of like 20 seconds. Yeah. So during those 15 to 20 seconds... It just goes from, oh, oh, it's going to be over. It's going to be called, and it doesn't get called. And, oh, he's going to take, oh, he's going to get hurt. To everyone going nuts. It was that cool of a moment. I remember when that happened and thinking, like, this is a historic moment. Like, this is one of the best. This doesn't happen. And and Rogan and um, um, why am Goldberg. I Goldberg? Yeah, why Goldberg. why can't I ever think of names? It's late. It's late. Rogan and Goldberg commented on Pete Sell and and Scott Smith, which is another great comeback fight, which we should set for next week. Excuse me. <coughs> So, that was uh, by far one of the most special moments in MMA history for yours truly, Rod Dog Middleton. Any other comments on that, guys? Yeah, I just have one comment about the card itself. And we have said this several times, talking about uh, why you should watch as many... UFC events as possible because you could possibly be watching 
you know, the next phase in a few years of the next UFC stars. You know, on that fight card, we had Michael Johnson, uh, Ricardo Lamas, Nick Lentz, Charles Oliveira, Joe Lozon was on there, Matt Mitrione, who I'm not a fan of, um, Matt Brown. You know, they got rescheduled. Story. He got rescheduled yes, for Fedor. Yes, I saw Fedor. that. Yeah. Which I was surprised. I thought that that wasn't going to happen. And Well, I'm surprised that that's not the, the main event. Yeah. Fedor it, it should be the main event. I, I think. So, but but this card is proof that don't discount the fighters that you're seeing on the prelims um, or who might be the first fight on the main card because you could be watching future champs. You could be watching the future of the UFC. We didn't know who Conor McGregor was. Well, they did in Ireland. But we didn't know who Conor McGregor was before he became the breakout of the UFC. Mm -hmm. But Dana White did. Dana White knew who he could be. He didn't know he would be. He knew who he could be. That will wrap us up for this episode of MMA FanCast brought to you by Octagon247.com It is the place to be Um, We're so glad you joined us and we're looking forward to next week again the ever controversial James Fleming will be with us in studio next week We should have a pretty full cast of characters next week I think the the entire gang will be here I don't know how that's going to turn out but um, you're going to have to tune in next week to find out thank you so much for joining us on behalf of the entire cast of MMA FanCast we thank you for listening and wish you many blessings God bless guys think Dan will listen to this? Maybe. Do you think he listened to last... You didn't listen to last week's podcast. No, because I... I didn't have time, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, You didn't have time to listen to one podcast? Nope. You were... He wasn't up until Thursday morning, so he only had three days to listen to it, too. Yeah, that sounds like a weak excuse to me.